Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Sponsors for tonight's podcast are Simon and Sons and Second Lot Productions. Welcome to the second episode of the Avoda Days, starring your guest, Drew Lukoff, with your hosts, Max Kleinman and Nate Goldberg. Okay, so we're going to start it off by asking about what you're doing, Drew. How are you doing during this quarantine? What is your job? Where are you living? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be a guest on this Avoda quarantine show. And um, yeah, during this quarantine, I am working from home. I'm doing my thing as a loan specialist. I analyze loans and determine if veterans get their VA benefit for homes. So important. It's, uh, yeah, it's important. And where are you living out of these days? I'm in Virginia. Okay. Uh, near, near what? Near D.C.? Near Washington, D.C. Very nice. Good area. Great area, actually. It's, it's a great area. All right. So without, uh, let's keep it rolling here. So we're going to start you off with some quick either ors, and uh, you're just going to tell us which one you would choose. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Uh, Waterfront or athletics? Athletics. Yes. It's an easy answer. Every time. Hands down. And then, tough one now. Mac and cheese or wings? Wings. Not a tough one. Really? Okay. I'm I'm more of a mac and cheese guy myself. I agree with Drew on this one. It's fair enough. Wing, not for everyone. Yeah, I'm a meat guy, so that was easy. Next. Team Avoda or Avoda Hoops? Next question. Avoda Hoops, <laughs> you don't know me. Uh, Water Wiz or Red Sox? Oh, Red Sox, baby. Let's go, Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox, a legendary field trip. So is Water Wiz, but Red Sox is mean, the most fun. It's legendary that the whole camp can send – 120 people on one day and and you usually see a bunch of alumni show up yeah and back in the day we would start the wave and the hall of fenway would do the wave shout out bubba shout Shout out bubba yeah and like just the crowd our our energy as a crowd was just like it's infectious you know we're all getting rowdy getting hyped and people kind of feed off us i feel like Flag rush or Zuba? Flag rush. Mm. Not a soccer guy. 
Well, I, I was good at zoo ball because you could use your hands. So believe it or not, I was good at zoo ball. Okay. All right. Um, moose ball or a movie for like a rainy day schedule? Like which one you go into? You know, as a young camper, I'd say moose ball. That was really fun, but movie. Okay. I'm a, yeah. White or blue? White. White, baby. Always white. White. <laughs> white. Uh, all right. Now, this is, this is the real tough one here. We're going to go with giggles or gold farb. Wow. Wow, we're getting really nitty gritty here, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, Goldfarb. <laughs> Gold, yeah. Goldfarb takes it. All right. Need him a lot. Need him, and he takes it with the technology sector. Although Swartz, you know what? Giggles is a. I just talked to him. He's living in Westboro, and he's he's doing awesome. He's got a girlfriend, and he records TV stuff. So he's a. Uh, He's actually a great guy. So, great for those that don't know what we're we were talking about. We were talking about Jake Schwartz versus Max Goldfarb, two people in years fourteen. Both great counselors, great guys, but Goldfarb takes the edge on this one. So, Drew, we know that there is a a long Lukoff history at Avoda. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually the last one. So there won't be another Lukoff there for quite a few years because Justin still hasn't gotten his wife pregnant. So. <laughs> Not so yet. It's going to be at least eight, eight years, I'd say. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, um, so it's, it's cool being like one of the younger people and having older siblings and parents and uncles going too, right? Yeah, I was always the little one, um, but time goes by, and now I'm retiring, so it's it's definitely weird. But I was the 11th Lukoff, quick background. I have my dad and his three older brothers are all my uncles, so they all had sons who all went to Avoda and loved it. Where where do you think you fit on like a ranking of Lukoff family members at camp in terms of like color war success, sports success, all that type of stuff? Like where would you say you fall? Um, well, a uh, quick shout out, Justin. Justin Lukoff was a color war legend himself and as war legend, I'd say he was probably the best of the cousins and then I'm right after because Braden got fired and Brandon, <laughs> Brandon yeah, did. didn't want to come back to CIT. So um, I'd say I'm right up there with the best. Justin. I, re- I remember Justin was my color war general, my first color war with the white assassins. He Heroes. wasn't the general, oh. but he, he was wasn't acting the f- general. Uh, first lieutenant. Right. Here, right, but it's it's funny that you remember it that way because that's really what it was. He was a first LT two years in a row. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool because I also have a family history with Avoda, being that I am fourth generation, starting from Judge Samuel Barnett, moving down the chain 
to uh, my grandpa, Kurt Kleinman, who came from Vienna, Austria at a very young age. I was adopted by the Barnett family. And then he had three sons that all went to Avoda. And now me and Eli and Theo also all go to Avoda. So four, four generations. Yeah, and then yeah. And then my family, my dad and my uncle went, or two of my uncles went, and now I have, I think, it's my younger brother and three younger cousins at camp now. So kind of building our own family legacies at camp, you know, following in the footsteps of, of the past a little bit. That's great. So, Drew, when I say the 2012 Bunk 14, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about your 14? Uh, unique, different. We we were all different characters, and, and there's not there's nothing we can really be compared to. We're just the two K twelve. You know, uh, uh, I think of Benji Satloff, the leadership winner. I think of his voice and his spirit, and he always points us in the right direction. So. Otherwise, we're a lot of quiet individuals, um, but Benji was always the one to lead us in the right direction. So do you, do you still talk to Benji and, like, the other guys in your 14? Yes, I do. Benji especially. Jordan Helfand, Dan Abramson, I talk to them all the time, and, and their characters. Israel Squad. Israel squad, Alex Etner, Aaron Shaggy Schumann. How is Shaggy these days? He's good. I just spoke with him, and he's doing well in Rhode Island. That's what we like to hear. So, um, like we talked about, you know, you've long family history, and you were, you know, lucky enough to uh, be a captain and a lieutenant and a general. So, can you maybe tell us a little bit about your experience in Color, kind of going from a standout athlete to captain and then lieutenant and obviously on to general? Yeah, you know, going into a staff role, it's for me, it was a lot of, a lot of mind games, a lot of strategy that I believed in and in Desert War specifically, because I, I lost Color War. Um, I'll just put that out there. But Desert War, I felt like I had a fantastic strategy. And I just thought of it myself. And Sam Watman was a big reason, because he, he brought me onto his staff. So I learned a lot from him. And, and he was just a good student in school, like, that's what translates to being successful on staff. It's just diligent attention to detail and a, a history of, of knowledge of sports, really, like youth sports and strategy and just, yeah, competitiveness. So looking back, what was one thing that you think you could have probably done better as a general after having experienced and gone through it? And obviously, I mean, we lost, but what, what do you think you learned from that experience? Like, how do you think going, if you were to do it again, what would you change? Oh, yeah. I mean, that specific year, you know, I treated Color War a little too much like Desert War. 
Um, so I thought that we could just get the same team and, and win. Um, so I didn't do enough due diligence on my athletics. And, and, you know, I picked a flag rush team because we won Desert War. And I thought, you know what, let's get the same kids. But it didn't work out like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Theo Knopf was the big reason. You couldn't – no one could have predicted what Theo was going to do during that color war. It was, it was a, as, as much as it pained me to see it happen, it was incredible to kind of watch him kind of step into the, the light there and kind of show everyone what he could do. I thought it was, it was a pretty cool thing to, to experience. The true one pick. The true one pick. Oh yeah. And that's undeniable too. It's the clear one pick and, I've been friends with Theo ever since, and I tell him all the time, I wish I took you. Yeah, I mean, because it's one of those things, like, going into the, the color war, I don't think anyone could have predicted what he was going to do and how much he was going to kind of change that color war, you know? Yeah. But we always knew he was good at sports, um, it, so it remains a regret because, mm. I, you know, he was always good at hockey and softball. And so I could have known technically, but it, it was just up in the air. For those who don't know, we were talking about the 2017 color war, me and Nate's 14 year, the uh, white Royals versus the victorious blue wizards. The Royals definitely had more fun though. Hands I mean, down. Winning is pretty fun. That is true. That's fair. But I, I think I think us on the Royals, I think we enjoyed our experience and kind of cherished the time we had together. You know, we put in a good fight and we didn't quit until until the end, you know, competing in every event. Yeah. And, and, and we got blown out too, but we won Flag Rush. That was a very emotional victory, mm. but it wasn't enough. It was not enough, yeah. Um. So... What, like, so when you, you obviously were on staff a bunch of times and you were also a camper. So what shirts have you like received as a camper and who, like what goes into giving out a shirt as a staff member? Staff member, you think of, or or at least I, I valued what kids won us the most points who influenced the war the most in team events especially and so when i was a kid 2008 i earned the general shirt my very first year as the white phantoms general matt norcross and i was the one pick in the sophomore division and i mean i just crushed because i had a hand-eye coordination back then that wasn't really matched by anyone there was no sam roth for size and, you know, it, it was just no match for me. So the very next year, um, they caught on and, and uh, they gave up a quad. Uh, I don't know if that has really happened since. I know Mark Gleason had a quad. I had a quad. Maybe Louis Yarmolinsky. Um, but, but anyway, 2009 that was. I was still a sophomore. And so when you're a sophomore at 12 years old, you still play man in the middle. And, and yeah, I, I still almost won that division. 
because mm. we won man in the middle basketball, Newcomb, Sam Sharon. Um, so I earned the fourth LT shirt, uh, Lieutenant Bigfoot. That was Tricky Cats of, of the Blue Monsters. Max and Tricky actually were pretty good friends when Tricky was a counselor at camp. I know they got pretty close with each other, right, Max? Yeah, I remember back in bunk two, every day during lunch, I would be over at the bunk 14 table talking with them, and he would have me send messages to the other counselors because that's what the campers would do back then. Yeah, the mess hall, mess hall talk. It's a classic. You always, and everyone's like, get back to the table. And you see just like little kids just from all over the the mess hall, just kind of scamper back. (laughs) And then, yeah, and to continue that, when I was on staff, I gave my shirt. I remember as an aide, Nathan Achildiev. I hope that's still in circulation because it was a good shirt. Uh, do you guys remember what it said on the back? I do not. I do not either. It was an aid shirt. So it said, let's go with multiple exclamation oh, points. I do remember that. The blue goblins. I wonder if that's in circulation. Um, and then Ryan Jacoby, he should be active. He should have my general shirt. And even though we lost, he, he won that division for us. Yeah, he, that was the only division we won. So he was congratulations, a Ryan. <laughs> he kind of balled out. Yeah, he deserved the general shirt. That, that's, that's very, yeah. I don't think he took it off for like a week. Yeah, I think he had to give it to Ronnie because it smelled so bad. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't help that. And so, then I, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think there's another one in circulation. I think Harry Davidson might have something, but um, someone's got to verify that. He should have something of mine. I think Scribner gave one of mine to him. Hopefully he has it. I think you're right. Because weren't you uh, on Color War staff every single year of you as a staff member? Yes, I was. Quite an honor and a privilege. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a lot of fun. Do you think that had anything to do with not that many people from your 14 being uh, popular on the staff, on the staffs? Yeah, I was kind of like a, you know, as a JC, it was kind of like a farm system, like, you know, <laughs> develop the youth. And that was Jake Dennis and Ben Rubin. They they chose me on the White Chiefs, and we got drilled. But um, but yeah, being a JC, Sam Watman was another person who let me on his team as a youngster. Great. So, what would your advice be for a first year camper, and advice for a JC? Let's start with the first year camper because we were all once first year campers. I'll tell you that much. And I would say, you know, there's, there's a certain laziness at Camp Avoda that you can't explain. It, it exists. So um, I would say don't be lazy. 
because it's your first year. Like you need to experience as much as camp has to offer in your very first year. Um, and, and then, you know, once you get down the line, yeah, you're a little more entitled, you know, you can, I don't know. It's just the Avoda way. <laughs> no, but, I, I definitely feel that. Yeah. It's important when you first get there to kind of like get a little bit taste of everything, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like picking electives and stuff. Cause I think early on, you don't necessarily know what you want to do a hundred percent. So it's kind of good to branch out and try different things. And then as you kind of get older, you kind of settle into the things that you like and find a, a little, a little rhythm. Right. And so now, now you're a staff member, you're going into your first summer as a, as a JC. What do you know? What are you, what are you telling this kid? Who's going to be a counselor for the first time? Be responsible, be a nice guy, um, treat your kids right, talk to them as much as you can, and don't be lazy. Keep your mouth shut. And, yeah, follow instructions. Listen to Ronnie and Ken. And, you know, and it'll be a great summer. JC year is such a great year because you usually have a lot of your bunk 14 still there and so yeah just keep your mouth shut and follow directions and it'll be a great summer yeah jc year was definitely a great time a lot of bonding especially with the staff members who you were friendly with as campers and they were a little bit older than you and there's that weird time when you're kind of an older camper and the campers you were campers with are staff members and like i feel like jc year is kind of where that awkwardness kind of goes away and you kind of start to bond a little bit with the older the older camp members, the older staff members. I hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Drew, what is your favorite athletic accomplishment or memory at Avoda? I mean, 2010 Desert War. Um, as I'll go with one as a player and was one as a staff member. 2010 Desert War, it was literally 0-0. Zero, zero. And I was in bunk 10. And my brother, who most people don't know, is Brandon Lukoff. And he was the number two pick in that war. I was like number 22, right? So I didn't really matter. But I scored the first flag of the war. And that was like a huge deal in my mind. That's a lot. Scoring in Desert War is one of the best feelings ever. Just like crossing that line, like the adrenaline rush, because like everyone's just been fighting all day and you kind of break through. It feels amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. People called me a smart athlete, and, and that's exactly what that play was. I, I was behind bunk seven and eight. I think that year they had neutral zones. Mm. So I was hanging out in a neutral zone, and, and it really was all luck. Because we sent a rush, and George Russo was—he's the number one pick, right? I think he was a captain, actually. So he mans the middle of the field, and and his attention was taken away. So I come behind the bunk with a wide open field, and there goes the little kid across second base with the flag. So that's—I'll never forget crossing that line. Yeah, and um, and this is 2010, right? Yeah, this is 2010. That was a two to four, right? The final score was like four to two or something like that. Right. The Blue Barnick Plague actually 
uh, beat me. So your your flag was the only flag your team scored? No, no, we scored two fields. Oh. Um, Mark Gleason scored the other in the in the second quarter. I was. Wait, you know what? You know what? He scored in the first quarter. I scored in the second quarter. Mm. So, and then we blew the lead in the second half because the other team was fantastic. And was Justin it? Lukoff was the general, of course. Yeah. Was it, was it Camille who scored the flag for the other team to win? Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah, Camille and Fogle tied it up. Because I, I kind of remember um, Camille like, running all the way across the field. Just like I th- what felt like forever. I don't know. I, I just remember kind of him coming in through. I think it might have been right. like the, the grill gap or something like that in that area. And he kind of ran it down towards the backstop and crossed over for the win. Yeah, it, it was the backstop. It was, yeah. That was a crazy desert war. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was wild. <laughs> There is something to be said about when you're younger and you're underestimated and you don't have any shadows on you and like the the best tackler or the best would not not tackle anymore but the best um, defender. Defender. defender um isn't going for you so you have a little bit of a better chance making it into the flag and then maybe they're looking for another rush and you grab the flag and run back and they don't even notice You you just said it uh, that's that's chaos and that was the name of the game and so that leads me into my desert war general year when the great white sharks took it in the fourth quarter um i mean what what a desert war that was right guys that was wild i mean just those last 10 minutes or 15 minutes whatever it was when the blue team was just sending rush after rush and I don't know what happened to our jail defense, but it just seemed like they were getting jailbreak after jailbreak. I just remember I literally didn't stop running for, for like 15 minutes straight. It was just wave after wave of blue team. And actually in that desert war, my younger brother who was in, I think bunk two at the time got within 15 feet of the line. He, he got into the field flag and Jacob Wynn was, was on defense and Wynn got distracted for a second. And, and my brother kind of just took the flag and, my heart kind of dropped because if he had scored against me to tie the game or to take the lead, like I would have never forgiven him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Family in, in the wars is tough. It is. Yeah. I, I kind of got shafted. I, re- I, I missed out on my brother being on my team twice, 14 year. I recently learned that my dad, when he was a color war general, his last year, 1980, he gave up his brother, Eli's dad, um, so he could get the one pick in the draft. <laughs> Justin did a lot of messed up things to me. <laughs> like what? You know, he, he would ask me before the, de- before the wars, or the col- color war, because the divisions matter in color war. You know, who do you want on your team? Who do you think is better? And I would tell him the answer, and then I wouldn't end up on his team. So, <laughs> so this, especially 2010, like, I lost the division because he, he had the scouting report on me. All right, I'll tell you that. It's a kind Sam of a power Roth. move. Sam Roth roasted us all that year. 
Um, but we took, we could have had me and Benji though, and we took someone else. Mm. Well, so Drew, let's let's get into some hot takes now. So when you were a camper, like the whole time you were a camper, who was like the best athlete in camp that you remember playing with or against from when you were in the youngest bunk you were at, at camp for to the oldest? Wow, yeah. I mean, when I was young, I looked up to the bunk 14ers. I mean, I don't <laughs> – they were big. 2008 bunk 14 was a big bunk, big age group. And I just remember my very first day of camp ever looking at the flag rush opening night and seeing Josh Cohen, Joe Coe on the other side, just looking intimidating as hell. Um, so he was definitely a, a person that I saw right away as, whoa. Like, he's big and scary. And uh, let's see who else. There were a lot. Remember, Jake Alexander matured really young. So when he was on my junior hoops team, he already had these big biceps and, and armpit hair and a beard. And I was like, whoa, he's only one year older than me. When I first, that was my first impression of him. On junior hoops? Yeah, junior hoops. He was on my team. Did you guys win? We won a lot. Um, we must have won that year. Yeah. yeah. Gleason was <laughs> Mark was Gleason. Legend. Legends. He, yeah. All right, so then, so continuing with this trend, now the same parameters, but like the funniest kid as opposed to the best athlete. Funniest kids. Um, Shaggy or no? Yeah, Shaggy was awesome. I'm thinking about counselors too. Yeah, Kasif was, was a great counselor. Justin. Ben Rubin, just for being Ben Rubin. All right, fair enough. So I, you were obviously our, our Bunk 14 counselor in um, 2017, and it's a great year, great summer, you know, no complaints. And, uh, but we, we would like to talk about the fact you were the only one in your 14 who was back that summer. And we kind of want you to talk to us about what that experience was like, kind of having to – you know, make stronger connections with the other staff members and just kind of being the only one there. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was disappointing to see my friends go down other paths, but I wasn't going to let that uh, steer me away from camp. I knew I had a, I knew I always had another year left in me, another year. And, and so I just had to make friends with the with the other staff members and that was really easy for me because I already was. Um, bunk 2K12, bunk 14, uh, uh, 2K13 and 2K14-14 were some of the best people. I just want to say Wesley Fixler, Ryan Littner in the 13-14 and then I loved kids in the 14-14 too. Shay Chaffetz, Elon, Edry, Opper, 
I'm still friends with them today. So, in fact, Shafitz goes to school in D.C. And we, we, yeah, we see each other quite a bit. I drive down to him and, and he shows me a good time at his college. So, George Washington University. So, if I'm going to college next year in D.C. as well, do you think I should, I should come out to one of these dinners that you have with, with, with Daniel and and come see, you know, the, the great experiences you're talking about? Yeah, where the hell are you going to college? I'm going to American University in Washington, D.C., about, oh, wow. about ten, maybe 10 minutes from the GW campus. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll see you. I'll see you there. No problem. Word. I, I, I got dinner with Daniel. We went to Chinese food. I mean, I'll show you a great dinner, and, and you know, I'll pay for it too. Real? Oh, that's super kind of you. Thank you. Very generous. No um, Max, where are you going? I'm going to Ohio State. Congratulations! That is also a great school, and Ty Goldstein should be able to tell you about it. Yeah, I visited Ty earlier this year. Had a great time with him. Another dinner at the college campus awesome awesome and your dad is a very kind man and great father thank you drew so is phil thank you i appreciate that you're welcome so how did you end up being our counselor for four years drew Wow. Well, the very first year, it was by chance. I think I was with Adam Holtz. You know, I didn't have any say in that as a JC or anything. And then let's see, next year. And, and then, yeah. And then Deuce took me under his, sh his shoulder the next, what, two, two years? And then, yeah, Bunk 14, I was kind of old and, and, and knew you guys. And that's how it happened. It was... It started as by chance, and then it turned into just natural and being familiar with you guys, and it was great. I definitely think it was cool having kind of similar counselors throughout our time because we had, like, Aaron Rubin twice. We had Deuce a bunch of times. We had you a bunch of times, and I think it definitely made the connections personally with, with the counselors a little bit stronger, just kind of having them year to year kind of watching us grow up and, and kind of mature into the people we were when we were older campers and stuff like that. I thought that was cool to kind of experience that with, with the same counselors every year. I think that's a great way to look at it. I would value both the familiarity and, you know, getting a new face in there. You can't just have all of one or all of the other. Uh, a balance is usually good, but yeah, to, to be consistent with you guys, for four straight years was a blessing in disguise maybe but the consistency was was a good thing not a bad thing you also saw us grow from the young 13 year old to like 16 17 years old like that's crazy i really did i really did and now you guys are going to college so it's it's the life cycle of an avodian Yes, Aaron was it's a good 
it's it's kind of crazy you hear about it in in a lot of like the alma maters and the songs in color war and it doesn't kind of connect necessarily when you're a younger camper about what the songs are always talking about but now as a as a staff member and and you know having younger siblings and cousins at camp and knowing one day your time's going to be up like those those words and those lyrics kind of resonate differently than they did in the past because you realize it's real instead of just something you talk about well said so drew what was the path from player to coach in senior hoops and junior hoops just a a basketball background so i was always going to be on the team um being a player was my favorite i was an okay coach um we won. Jake Alexander was a good a good co-coach. He always we always used him as the voice and I would just try to scout and try to I don't know see what we had for strategy. Um but it, you know it it was good. What's it what's it like having a player like Max Kleiman on your bench as a coach? Like, what a good role player. Energy off the bench. He listens. He follows directions. And and if the other team doesn't value his presence on the court, he'll sneakily kill you. Three-point specialist. <laughs> All right, Drew. So what does your ideal day at camp look like? Because we know this is a question that's always asked during color war, but we want to hear from you. What, what is your ideal day? You're a camper, you know, you get fresh blank slate. What, what are you putting in your day? Well, a regular day. Uh, We'll just go off that framework because each day is such a great day. And especially with this summer that may or may not happen. Um, we cherish it even more. So I just want to say that first period. I, yeah, let's just skip over bunk cleanup because that was always the worst part. <laughs> you were but not- I, I did like rolling out of lineup. And uh, when Ken would, Ken would play good music on the Bugles. I never had any complaints about waking up to those good songs on like Saturday mornings on Shabbos. Um, but again, yeah, services also doesn't have to be part of the schedule though. <laughs> Um, so let's skip bunk cleanup. I, I wasn't even a breakfast guy. I would just have a bowl of cereal and, you know, and, and let's move on. First period. Yeah, let's get athletics out of the way. Athletics swim first, second period. They're gone. What sport right. during athletics? Basketball. Softball. Bunker hitting. Basketball's a little too much energy to, you know, I'm still trying to get going. So roll out of bed, roll out a bunk cleanup, put it on your glove and toss around a, a softball. That's my ideal athletic sport. Okay. And so now we're rolling into third period. You got an elective. What are you going with? Wow. Oh. I'm thinking fishing and chilling. <laughs> It's a classic. It's a fan favorite. Mike Stiller. 
invented the fishing and chilling. He he was more of the chilling. And I will carry that on Bring this year as I am the head of fishing this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I never even fished. <laughs> I just chilled. Strictly a chiller. All right. But, but- the thing was the thing about that period and what makes it so great is that you're on the waterfront you're you're socializing you're getting your lawn chair out you know you're drinking your ice cold water whatever you got to drink on you know the sun's out on tispaquin and you're just getting the day started even though it's already 12 o'clock noon okay so then we got lunch obviously rest period we got to practice you're on the hoops court balling up we go into fourth period. Are you staying on the basketball court for fourth period? Only, only the good basketball players are allowed to stay. And, you know, fourth period hoops is a staple. I mean, I am there, and I hope you're there too because, I mean, that's, that's one of the best periods at Camp Avoda, hands down. Most competitive elective. Definitely. Yeah, so by the end of that, you're sweating, you feel great, you're talking to people, you're hitting threes, and, and that's what camp is all about. Because camp has such great facilities. It really does. Those basketball courts for camp are incredible. Anyway. So now we're on the fifth period now. What are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got, we got snack time, replenish after, after hoops. Well, well, you, you play hoops through snack if it's competitive, right? Ooh. If it's still competitive, I'm still playing. I'm getting the replenishing, though. I am getting water at but that he, time. But you're a hooper first and, first and foremost, so if you're staying on yeah, the I mean, court. I mean, I, by that time, I'm gross. My shirt's off. My shirt's wet of sweat. I mean, but you're feeling good All because right. – because you just got in a good workout. All right, so now, now we're rolling on to fifth period. Snack time's over. You've, you change shirts. You got a new one if you choose to wear it. And you're going fifth period. What are you choosing? Well, I'm exhausted. I'm going, but I'm still going to the weight room. If you're past puberty, um, you, you should be going to the weight room. And fifth period is the best time to do it. Uh, if you're a young kid, you know, you're not, you don't sign up for weights. You're not there yet. But when I was an older camper, you know, bunk 12, bunk 14, I started caring about weights because um, preparing for high school sports. If, if you want to be good in high school sports, I, I am a big, big fan of lifting weights and eating right. Also a great facility. It's a pretty good facility. It is. It's a little small and smelly and sandy, but it, it always got the job done. Got the AC there. It's got the AC. <laughs> All right. So obviously we got six period league, you know, you're going to dominate, you're going to do whatever you do in that, you know, it's just light work. And then seventh, maybe back in the basketball court, you got a double practice or are you taking, are you chilling during seventh? Yeah, I'm chilling. Or senior softball. Mm. <laughs> senior softball tryouts because they don't even practice anymore. Yeah. You're, 
you just got to go to tryouts and play. And then, so we now we got evening activity. What's what are we, what are we going with? Oof. You know, as as a young camper, there's no hesitation. Flag rush, or dead zone. Flag rush or dead zone. But as an older guy, especially as a counselor, you know, bunk night. Spend a little money. You know, maybe if you can get out of camp, get the van. Those were always the best times. Getting ice cream, food, because dinner usually sucks. <laughs> Unless, no, no, they got the, ever since they got that female chef, it's been pretty good. The food has been good. Jamie and Scott Rubeck yeah. do, do a great job. Yeah, you know what they do. Um, but still, food outside of camp will never go out of style. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew. We we're this this could get a little bit uh a little bit controversial, a little bit fiery. There could be some hostility going around. But we, we wanna address something, me and Max, that we think has gone unaddressed for a little bit too long. So flashback to the summer of 2017 it is are you you gonna say july it is july 3rd it is the night before the bonfire and bunk 14 is painting a sign they're out in the woods cutting uh cutting down trees and you know moving logs and we look and and where is Drew? Don't they astod Drew? No one knows where he is. He's disappeared off the face of the earth. No one's heard from him in hours. No one's seen him in hours. The people want to know, where was Drew Lukoff the night of July 3rd? I mean, what was I on? Long night, day off, you know, not required to be there. Um, if the people want to know, I was just uh, enjoying my summer. <laughs> the story I remember is that you, you know I had I, long I night and you went with uh Ben Benji Satloff was in town and you went went to go hang out with him. Yeah, I don't remember, but that sounds about right. Sounds like I was just out there enjoying my summer. Um in hindsight I didn't know that you guys would be so mad about it. If I knew that, I would have shown face. Mm. All right, well, and least... would have put in a little bit of work for you guys Man. but you know I'm sorry you guys feel that way but I was just enjoying myself and that's the that's the honest answer as a counselor we can understand why on a long night you want to get away from the camp yeah I mean sometimes it's nice to get Thank a little you. time off here and there but I mean it's all right we're we're all you know we're growing we're learning as humans we can't all everything perfect and that night was just not a perfect night for you but you're moved on to bigger and better nights so yeah if i recall uh you got sent to the other side of the bunk yeah uh you know we took it in stride though (laughs) nope i you know never complained i had a great summer you know the thing about being at a voda is that you're at a voda, and even though there's a lot of drama that goes that goes on, there are a lot of heads. There's a lot of heads that lose their cools. But I was 
I was always happy. I mean, I'm, we're, we're glad you're happy. And we're glad you had a good night with Benji. And, you know, it was, the fire was fantastic. They're one of the better fires that we've had in years. If, if we do say so ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So coming to an ending, Drew, uh, can you give us your uh, birthday speech? I sure can. This is my third year as alumni. Hey. I like alumni weekend very much. Hey. Funk 14. Hey. 2K12 14. Hey. 2K17 14. Hey. Hey. The Great White Sharks. Hey. The White Mercenaries. Hey. The White Phantoms. Hey. The White Royals. Hey. <laughs> Bucket. Hey. The Tent. Hey. The Liz. Hey. Haifa Horned Frogs. Hey. Flung. Hey. 2K1314, Wesley Fixler, Ryan Littner, Ben Shale, hey. Will Holtz, Bryce Tischler. 2K1414, Shea, Alon, Shea Fitz, Edry, Opper, Frank. Hey. Blue Monsters. Hey. Blue Tribe. Hey. Blue Barbarians. Hey. Blue Goblins. Hey. Angry Beavers, have I said? No, that is a new one. So we're going to give you a fresh A. Best league team of all time. Debatable. And everyone else is number one. A. Well, Drew, thank you very much for coming on to talk with me and Max. I hope you enjoyed your time on here. I enjoyed my time very much. And I love talking about Camp Avoda. All right. Well, thank you to all of our listeners, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm, I'm Nate. I'm Max. This has been the Avoda Days.